Good morning to you. The delay was as we were swapping over the, uh, the microphone. And as normal, I need to raise the lectern. I trust you are all well and enjoying this period of quiet reflection during isolation. The title of the message this morning on this Palm Sunday is Triumph and Betrayal. And I'd like to read from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You know, when I was a boy, my father, who had grown up during the Great Depression and never gone past year eight at school, bought a set of encyclopedias. He loved those books and would spend hours reading and studying them of an evening. This was in the days before we bought a TV. And despite my father's lack of formal education, he was a very well-informed and learned man who could hold a conversation on many different subjects. This leads me to ask you the following questions. How is your knowledge and understanding of history? Have you ever taken a study of early Roman or Greek history? What about 19th and 20th century Russian and German history? Have you ever researched the ancient writings of China or Japan? One notable thing you will find in all these histories is that there is no prophecy or futuristic declaration that has found its fulfilment in recorded history. This is not 
the case with the Bible and the history of the nation of Israel. In fact, the Bible is filled with ancient prophecies which have found their fulfilment in human history. As such, one of the great Bible studies for every Christian believer is to search the Old Testament records for prophecies of the promised Messiah and see how many of them have been fulfilled in the incarnation, life and death of the Lord Jesus. It all begs the question, how can this be? How can people who lived hundreds of years before an event or a person write about it with such insight, clarity and accuracy? The answer does not lie in a lucky guess, but in the writers having a vital relationship with God such that they were trusted by God to pass on these amazing revelations. One such prophecy or revelation was concerning the entry of the Lord Jesus into Jerusalem in the days prior to the Passover that would signal his death and resurrection. Today, we celebrate this event and call it Palm Sunday, despite the fact that the Scriptures give no indication as to which day the Lord Jesus actually came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. To call the day Palm Sunday is merely a church tradition of convenience that has been handed down to us. And as Pastor Glenn correctly said at the very beginning, the introduction, that church tradition has meant a lot to people as they reflect on the events of what we call Passion Week. Despite whether you hold to that tradition with great vigour or whether you question it through Bible study, nevertheless, the day in which the Lord Jesus entered Jerusalem riding a colt of a donkey was an event that was recorded by all four gospel writers. As we read in Matthew chapter 21, but you can also read of it in Mark 11, Luke 19, and John chapter 12. You see, all of these gospel writers knew that the Lord Jesus had fulfilled ancient messianic prophecy. And we only need to read the prophet Zechariah who prophesied about 520 years before the birth of Jesus when he wrote this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly, and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 is your reference. And what a day that must have been when the Lord Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a colt 
of a donkey. As was the custom leading up to the Passover, Jewish pilgrims from all over the Roman Empire would make their way to Jerusalem for the celebration because this was a most holy time. The people would gather to remember how God had brought their ancestors out of slavery in Egypt over 1,400 years prior. And here they were again in subjection to the brutal Romans. Yes, they could live, they could have their homes, they could trade, and some of them could even travel. But the burdens of taxation, enforced labour, and the threat of slavery were ever-present. Not only that, many of them had heard of the godly teachings and miracles of Jesus the Galilean and how he had confounded the religious leaders who repeatedly tried to trap him. On this one particular day, as the many pilgrims travelled along the eastern roads toward Jerusalem, they saw the Lord Jesus and his disciples and joined them on his journey. As was often the case, the crowd was excited and expectant that Jesus would again perform some healing miracles and teach them some of the wonderful truths about God through his parables that put his teaching in a context to which they could relate. Not only that, the people saw Jesus not walking, but riding on a young donkey, a colt, one that had never been ridden before. And this was something different. As the Lord Jesus passed by, those who were closest began to shout and sing praises to God. Others threw down their outer coats on the ground before Jesus, while others pulled down branches from the trees and laid them on the road in front of them. All this was a spontaneous crowd reaction to the coming of the Lord Jesus, because in his teaching, he gave hope to the people a hope that God had not abandoned them, but that he was with them and that he had a future for them. We only need to read Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. In his teaching, the Lord Jesus also taught the people about the love, grace and mercy of God in ways that they had never heard from their religious leaders. In every respect, the Lord Jesus fulfilled so many of the Old Testament messianic prophecies. Is it any wonder the people flocked to see him and hear from him? And this raises a very important question. Why did the Lord Jesus ride into Jerusalem on a donkey? The normal posture of an important person like a king or a conqueror 
was to enter the city riding on a horse or in a chariot. They did this as a symbol of their power and authority. And the Lord Jesus, however, rode a young donkey that had never been ridden before as a symbol of his humility and as a sign that he was not entering the city as a conqueror, but as one who came to serve. This, however, did not dampen or diminish the exclamation and adulation of the crowd who hailed the Lord Jesus as their king when they shouted things like, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Yes, whether the crowd realised it or not, the Lord Jesus was of the, of the lineage of the great King David. And the promise of God was that David's throne would be eternal. A prophecy which again has been fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7, we read, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore. All this occurred as the Lord Jesus was on the road from the Mount of Olives and rode down into the Kidron Valley and up into the two eastern gates of the old city of Jerusalem. Most likely, Jesus came through the Golden Gate into Temple Mount, a gate which is now sealed. During all this time of excitement and anticipation, there was, however, one whose heart and mind did not understand the heart and mind of the Lord Jesus. This one's name was Judas the Iscariot. He was motivated not by spiritual concerns, but by earthly carnal concerns. And in a few days, he would betray the Lord Jesus into the hands of the Sanhedrin who wanted to kill Jesus and who were looking from the walls of Jerusalem with disdain at the adulation of the crowd. This is the triumph and the tragedy of this special day. As we ponder these events and their significance for us today, we need to ask ourselves a very salient question. Today, where do you, your family and your friends stand in your ongoing relationship with the Lord Jesus? Are you like the members of the Sanhedrin? looking at the procession from the lofty walls of Jerusalem and listening with disdain and contempt at the clamour of those beneath you? I hope not. Are you like Judas the Iscariot, who outwardly professed loyalty and service to the Lord Jesus, 
but secretly went behind his back to betray him for more worldly concerns? I hope not. Are you like the crowd who enjoyed being part of something exciting but not quite sure of what it all means for the future? The challenge is whether you simply go on to the next social fad and fancy or whether you get serious about the things of God, seek to know more of the Lord Jesus and what he has accomplished in fulfilment of Old Testament prophecy. Or are you like the disciples of the Lord Jesus? That is, all except Judas. The disciples who dared to be obedient to all that the Lord Jesus asked and followed him, despite the vacillations of those who hailed him one day and called for his death on another. Let's be clear about one thing. The disciples were not without their flaws. They were not perfect. But in the face of mounting ridicule and opposition, each one of them chose the Lord Jesus above all else and gave their lives in holy service. Brothers and sisters, this celebration, the celebration that we call Palm Sunday, is a challenge to a life of ongoing faithful service for the Lord Jesus. Will you earnestly seek the Lord Jesus to be the centre of your life? That is, concerning your life's direction and purpose from today onward. Will you put the things of God above your own personal ambitions and desires as well as above the momentary pleasures and transient benefits of this secular world. Brothers and sisters, as every day, we have a choice to make. And the choices we make will inevitably determine whether we live a life blessed by God or a life devoid of His presence and leading. The pages of history are littered with stories of those who have risen to great heights of wealth, fame and notoriety only to fail and fall because they did not consider the Lord Jesus above themselves. On this day that we call Palm Sunday, let us not simply be carried away with the events of the day, but may we be challenged to ensure that our ongoing relationship with the Lord Jesus is where it should be in the sight of God. The focus should not be on the events of the day, but on where each one of us goes from here. Will you be content to simply follow the crowd and enjoy the moment? Or will you look to the Lord Jesus and follow him wherever and whenever he chooses?
may our response be like that of Joshua when he declared to the people these words in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Let me pray. Our Father God, as we abide in our own lounge rooms and kitchens and studies, as we are separated due to this current season of isolation, Lord, we acknowledge that on this day we remember your journey into Jerusalem. You came knowing, knowing full well the price that was to be paid. And in the days following this entry into Jerusalem, you went into the temple courts, you taught the people, you showed them the way of life and faith rather than the way of merely being religious. And Lord Jesus, on the day of preparation, you celebrated the Chagaga meal, the last meal before the Passover, you celebrated it with your disciples, knowing that before the Passover, you would be dead. Lord Jesus, may we never forget the events of this Passion Week. May we never forget your resolve in the way that you have served us. You have served us to secure us, to redeem us, to set us right in a relationship with you. We bless you and honour you. We do not see it simply shout the adulation of the crowds, but in the deep inner being of our own selves, we acknowledge you, our Lord and our God. Amen. Brothers and sisters, as we come to the close of this time, may the Lord be with you. May he keep you. May he watch over you. And may you have his peace and love. Amen.